Somewhere out there, there's a man on a park bench eating his 500th PB&J. He has no idea Papa John's has new papadillas that are way better than a boring sandwich. With Papa John's best meats, cheeses, and veggies hand-folded into a crispy flatbread crust. Someone better tell that man. Get a new papadilla in one of four flavors for just six bucks. Better ingredients, better pizza, better than a sandwich. Papa John's. Not valid with discounts, fees, and taxes. Extra prices may vary. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com, and we are providing you with a free trial of Audible.com. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth and do some exploring. Uh, There are more than audiobooks. I mean, granted, there are thousands of titles of audiobooks, but there's also a lot of other content that you can listen to there. Uh, Over the years, the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast has gained recognition as a great resource for small business owners, sales professionals, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, business leaders of all kinds. And that is because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Carissa Reiniger. Carissa started Small Business Silver Lining with a mission to help small businesses become more profitable and sustainable. She created the SLAP methodology, the Silver Lining Action Plan, a 13-month growth program which is technology-enabled, data-driven, and based in behavior change science helping small business owners develop the right habits and take the right actions to grow their business. She also regularly writes, speaks, and advises on small businesses. Thanks so much for joining me today, Carissa. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I am thrilled to have you here, and we're going to be talking about, you know, selling through this whole, you know, COVID pandemic thing. Um, which I think is something so many small business owners are struggling with or have been struggling with over the past couple months. And my first question for you is, would you talk some about um, selling in a recession? You know, so many people I think are afraid to sell when Mm -hmm. bad times, but, but is, I mean, I think you believe it's possible. I believe it's possible, but what is that? What do you think? What does that look like? Yeah, listen, I think, listen, so, so a couple of things. Number one is uh, it can't be sort of overstated how significant the disruption has been in 2020 for small business owners. I mean, you know, if you're a small business owner listening and you feel tired and exhausted and worried, um, you know, you're not alone. And this has been a really hard year. So, you know, I just, you know, I I always want to acknowledge sort of the emotional reality of this moment, because for many people, you know, ourselves included, right, you see your revenue go down a significant amount, literally overnight, no doing of your own. And it's ridiculously stressful. Um, And so that is, you know, that is very real. And we see that in, you know, almost all of our customers. Now, 
what's also true, the, the silver lining, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, um, is that, you know, yes, we've watched all of our small businesses, you know, their, their revenue go down, things have gotten hard. It's also true that not one of our small businesses has gone out of business. And, and the reason I think that that's true uh, is three things. And this, this goes to answer your question, Diane. The first um, is having just a resilient mindset. And, you know, we can talk about this more, but I, in, before COVID, I talked a lot about mindset and how I thought the trick to sales and the trick to revenue really started with mindset. Um, and I see that, you know, a million times more today than I did, you know, six months ago. And so strong mindset, staying positive, you know, not becoming a victim to the moment, but, you know, staying in control, uh, seeing all of this crisis as both, you know, risk and opportunity, and just choosing to believe that we will be okay. You know, and again, there's a million things we could say about that, but that's number one. Um, number two is getting really creative and adaptable. Now, Creative and adaptable does not mean that we start, you know, running around like chickens with our heads cut off and getting really unfocused and getting, you know, really uh, chaotic and throwing out what we originally did and trying to start something brand new. But it means that there is always a new way to do what we do. There is always a new way to innovate. You know, even in, in my business journey, we used to be sort of a consulting and training business and we've completely innovated how we do what we do. And now, you know, we're a software as a service company. Uh, but what we do has ultimately stayed the same and who we serve has stayed the same, but how we do it has innovated entirely. And so this is a moment where business owners have an opportunity not to throw out what they do and not to throw out who they do it for, but to actually get creative and to innovate how they do what they do. And the business owners that I see sort of succeeding the most haven't been resistant to that adjustment, but have really seen this as a moment to innovate, to change, and, and to ask the right questions of innovation, right? Not innovate for the sake of throwing everything they've built away, but innovate so that they can do what they do better and in a way that really meets the times. And then the third thing, and it goes sort of counter to what our knee-jerk reaction is, right? When, when we feel an element of scarcity or when we feel an element of anxiety, we tend to think that the way we're going to generate more revenue is to sort of do anything to anyone, right? I will sell anything to anyone who will buy from me, you know, anything's possible. Um, and we have tons of data and tons of proof that that's not true. That in fact, the people who stay focused, stay niche, uh, but go really deep instead of really wide, those ones actually sell the most. So that's a long way to answer the question. But the, the quick answer is absolutely. I think there is a ton of opportunity right now. I think business owners can make it through this right now. Um, but I think, you know, we need to be really intentional about being, you know, keeping our mindset strong, being incredibly creative and adaptive and, and sort of innovative around how we do what we do and staying focused and going deep, not wide in how we serve our customers. But uh, you know, when we do those things, for sure, I, I do believe we can get through this. I am so with you on this. It's, uh, and thank you so much for um, talking about that. I agree with you. I think mindset it is always huge that being a victim doesn't serve anybody. Um, but the creativity and adaptability piece, I, I love. Um, when I, as a matter of fact, this afternoon, I'm going to be doing a workshop on selling through the pandemic. And, and my thing is, when you know what the value is of what you do from the, your customer's position, you know, what your customer sees as the value, then look at it and see, are there new markets? Are there modifications that you can make to it? Like you were saying, you know, you, you switched how you deliver, but the value is the same. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. I think one of the things we teach the businesses that we work with is every single business creates, it's called a slap statement. Uh, and it's literally just like three fill in the blanks. So it's your company name, and then you identify what you do, who you do it for, and the scale that you want to do it on, right? So we sell slaps to small businesses on a global scale. So our, you know, slap is what we do. Small businesses are who, 
global is our scale. So nice. every single time we make any decision about any time we're going to spend one, you know, one minute of our time or one dollar of our money, we run it through that filter, right? Can we sell slaps to small businesses on a global scale? Yes. Okay, great. Let's spend the time and money. Can we sell slaps to small businesses on a global scale? No. Okay, well then let's not invest the money. It could be a great, cool thing, yeah. but that is not the right thing to do to grow our business, right? And and what we what we teach businesses and what we try to practice is the, the more you want to grow, the irony is the more time and money it requires. And if you're a small business owner, you feel like you never have enough time and money. And so the <laughs> businesses that grow the fastest are the ones who are the most clever about the time and money that they spend. It's not that we need more time and money. It's that we have to get better at spending the time and money that we have. Um, and how you do that is by having an incredibly clear what, an incredibly clear who, and an incredibly clear scale. And then really literally filtering every decision you make through those three filters. Now, when we talk about innovation, one of the things that business owners tend to do is if something's not working the way we want it to, or we're seeing our bank account start to drain, or we're seeing that our sales aren't going up the way we want, we think that innovation is, well, I'll change what we do, or I'll change who we do it for, or I'll change the scale that we do it on. And yeah. I keep trying to say, no, that, that's not innovation. That's starting a new business. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, I had a different what, or I had a different who, well, then I would, I would be in a new business. I mean, I would literally need new staff. I'd need new marketing. I'd need a new website. I'd need new sales training. I'd need new material. I mean, I would need everything new because what I had built you know, to sell slaps to small businesses would no longer be relevant. Yeah. So innovation can't come at that level. If, you, if you're innovating there or you think you're innovating, right, you're really restarting. And, and what you see business owners doing as they try to make more sales really what they're doing is they're starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping, changing their what, changing their who, yeah. changing their what, changing their who. And that's why we have this myth that it's, that it's impossible to grow. It's impossible to generate revenue. It's hard to make sales. You're confusing yourself and you're confusing the market by changing uh -huh. your what and your who and your scale. Right. Innovation comes in changing how you deliver what you do to your customer. Um, and that's good innovation. That's smart innovation. That's innovation that we all need to be thinking about, right? Because COVID, COVID will go away, but the changes to how we operate will not. And so this is a moment for all of us to recognize that the world has changed. And you know, some of it will some of it will come back to the way we know it. Some of it never will. So how do we have to innovate how we do what we do, um, not just change entirely what we do? Got it. I love that. Thank you. Now, and, and I loved what you said about, you know, you can't be all things to all people and that's what people decide they want to do. It's so true. Like I, I have to, I'll sell to anybody who will give me totally. any money, right? It's just like, totally. oh, stop. Okay. So, but having said that, um, when you, when you, do the the three which i just love those three steps and and they know who they're selling to that stays then because then is that what you're saying that you just have to stay true to that yeah and, so i okay. totally so i started silver lining in 2005 many more years ago than i like to admit and um and when i started silver lining i said okay i want to help small businesses grow you know i built this methodology called slap i always knew i wanted to build a global business so those were you know those were three decisions that i made hmm. um and i have a, you know i have changed our business so much in the last 15 years i mean you know you almost can't recognize it today from 15 years ago but the through line has been slap, you know, our core product, small business. I have never veered even once away from small businesses, you know, and I, even when we were doing business in a, in a local way or within a country, right, always making decisions to sort of set a foundation for a global business. Um, and those three through lines have resulted in the fact that all of the stages of my journey have all actually add up, added up to something you know, significant, right? If, if, if I had been changing those three things over the last 15 years, yeah. in addition to trying to innovate my business model and change other things that I should be trying to innovate as a, you know, as a business owner, um, then I would have been all over the place. But those things ground my sort of entrepreneurial journey with this business and ground this business. Uh, and I believe that those three things should be the same three things that Silver Lining you know, holds 200 years from now. 
And if there's a moment where I want to build a different company, right? A different what to a different mm -hmm. who on a different scale, then I need to start a new company, right? Yeah. I need to make sure that either, like this company can survive without me or I want right. to run a different company more than I want to run this one. But yeah, you know, I, I think that some of the most, uh, you know, prolific businesses and the businesses that stand the test of the time um, do have this kind of solid foundation where those things hold. Um, innovation is still possible, but those three things hold. Wow. And, and as you're talking about that, I'm thinking that takes an awful lot of patience and confidence in a time like this. It totally. So we were talking about this right before we started when the pandemic hit, right? When it, when it became clear in sort of early March, 2020, that this was going to be pretty intense, that this, you know, that this is going to be bad and not just that it was going to be bad, but specifically it was going to be really bad for small businesses. Um, I had a bunch of people, you know, all good hearted, but starting to, of course, give me as much advice as they could about what I should do, right? What should silver lining do? Should we change who, you know, should we change our what? Should we do something else? Should we build, you know, X and X and X? You know, should we, should we shift from thinking about long-term business growth to short-term, you know, freaking out adjustments? Um, should we change our ideal clients? <laughs> Small businesses aren't gonna have any money. So should we be, you know, should we be helping startups? Should we be helping big businesses? Um, and what I kept saying to everyone in all of their, you know, very genuine and very good-hearted advice is, no, but you don't understand. I didn't start a company to make the quickest money during a pandemic. I started a company to deliver this methodology because I believe it works to small businesses because that's who I'm here to serve on a global scale. And if I abandon those two decisions because things get hard for the next 12 to 24 months or because we're in a pandemic, and quite frankly, if I abandon my small businesses, especially when they need us the most, well, then shame on me, quite frankly. That's not just, that's like, that's not a good business decision. What I would argue that's actually a terrible business decision. Um, and I think we live in this culture where we've gotten used to sort of immediate gratification and, you know, public companies live their entire life on quarterly earning reports, right? Not long-term sustainable growth. Tech right. startups are measured on how quickly they can sort of steroid themselves up in evaluation and exit, you know, with an inflated valuation. We're, we, we've adopted this business mentality that it's gotta be fast, it's gotta be immediate. Um, and the decision that we made in March was literally the opposite. We, we decided that if we were going to really stand by our customers and if we were really going to be small business first, uh, we needed to not just stay present for them, but we needed to make sure we were accessible and we needed to help them for the long term because, you know, going through a three week program that's going to help you, you know, solve your COVID problems. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's not possible. This is a long, we're in a long-term game yeah. and, and thankfully slap is a long-term process because I believe that real change happens over a long period of time. It's not quick and fast. Um, so we made our program pay what you can. We did exactly the opposite of what everyone said. <laughs> Instead of changing our strategy to go for the quick cash grab, we said, we're going to take a hit financially for the short term to stay aligned to our values, to stay strong for our customers, to deliver what they need, um, and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out and we'll get through it. Um, and I could, I mean, I couldn't be prouder of that decision. I have zero regret um, because... Yeah, for just for all the reasons that we've said. Yeah, yeah, and and this is so great because everything. I, I'm just so thrilled we're having this conversation because it really is about adapting, not caving. It's about yes. paying attention to your, you know, your goals, your vision, your your motivation. Now, so this is the the financial decision that you made. With people listening, and some sell a product, and some you know sell a service, whatever. How, how do they figure out if they have the right pricing right now? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, should it stay? Should, you know, what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so the, so the big thing that I think I would offer is that, you know, one is if 2020 has given us any knowledge, it's that there are no rules. So, <laughs> so you know, anything is possible. Um, but I think for me, my belief is that good business owners think more about their customers than about themselves. And so 
the answer to that for me is always what's going on for your customers. You know, our customers are small business owners. Our, our customers are being particularly impacted by COVID, right? It is, it, this pandemic is particularly hard on small businesses. So we have been really conscious about our pricing, our marketing, our messaging, our service even, and we've been trying to adjust it to, you know, and adapt it to just be understanding of the reality our businesses are in. Now, if you're a small business, but your customer is a large corporation, you know, you probably don't have to change your pricing right now, but you might want to change your messaging, right? You might want to actually appeal to them based on the fact that you are a small business, right? And the right thing for them to do right now is to actually hire small businesses. And so you could probably change nothing with your pricing, but adjust your, you know, your pitch to them to really appeal to, you know, this kind of global reality that people need to support small business. Um, if you're, you know, if your ideal client is a wealthy family, well, yeah, the pandemic is crappy, but it probably hasn't impacted their wealth significantly. And so you can probably keep your pricing the same. If your pricing, you know, if your ideal client is a family who maybe isn't wealthy and who are probably really heavily impacted by the pandemic, well, then maybe it is a time to really think about, you know, how you can make your pricing accessible to them and potentially subsidize your income, you know, through partners or through other people who are also trying to help that category of people. So I don't think that there's, you know, anyone in the world who sort of says they have all the answers right now, I would, you know, question heavily because I don't think any of us know exactly what to do right now. And I think we're yeah. all winging it to the best of our ability. Um, and again, anyone who doesn't say that isn't telling the truth in my opinion. Um, but I always think the answer around pricing and messaging and sales is to go to the customer. You know, to sit in a room and think about what you think kind of doesn't matter. Um, and I, I would even go so far as serving your customers. You know, what do you need right now? What, how are you feeling about, you know, money? Is this something that you would buy? Why or how? Um, because I think that all the answers that we spend so much time trying to figure out, if we just talk to them, you know, talk to our customers, uh, they can answer because it's true for them. Um, so that, right. that's sort of, that's again, not, I don't have a steadfast answer, but I, I would always say the answer lies in just talking to a couple of our customers. Definitely. I think that is just perfect. And I think it just continues to show them how much we care about them and what's going on with them. You know, we're acknowledging the situation and we want to make sure that we're able to get them what they need in a way that they can handle it. And we just need to totally. know that. Yeah. And you know, one of the, one of the benefits of 2020, right? There's, I think we're going to look back on this period and certainly there's a lot of, you know, um, there's a lot silver of lining. It like a, <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of silver linings. Exactly. See, Diane, now I got you. I know, you right? On it now. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Um, but, you know, there's a lot of destruction that's going to take a long time to build back from. You know, that's true. Yeah. It's also true that this year is surfacing a lot of stuff that we are overdue in addressing, like injustice. And, you know, the fact that the pandemic is affecting different people disproportionately. And, you know, that's good. We need to look at that. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> there are the silver linings, you know, where we're going to come out better for it. And one of the things that I think is going to come out of this is that this really false but very firm line that we sort of built up between, you know, I'm a company and they're my customer or, you know, I'm, you know, here's my family and my home and here's my work and they're totally separate. I think some of those lines are blurring and I actually think that's a good thing. Um, we've had some of the most incredible, vulnerable moments with our businesses, with our customers in the last, you know, many months. And sure. that hasn't, that hasn't made us weak in their minds. I think right. it's made us all more connected. I think that they feel more loyal to us because we're trying to help them, even though it's hard for us, you know? And I think that if, you know, the more we can all recognize that the leaders that will get through this are the ones who are more vulnerable, more connected, more human, um, that this old model of business that said, I have to sort of prove that I know everything and I've got everything figured out. I just don't think that's going to fly, you know, moving forward. It's certainly not right now in the, in the immediate future. And so um, I think that this is a really beautiful, you know, adjustment that's happening, a correction that's happening where we can and we should go ask our customers, you know, what do you need right now? I want to do the right thing by you. I want to offer you what you need. I want to price it in a way 
that will work for you. If you help me understand that, you know, I will do everything that I can to make that, you know, to make that happen. And so, um, I think that that sort of more open line of communication and that being in it together, um, I hope will become one of the great, you know, adjustments of this, of this moment, a, a lesson that we can all take with us forward. I do too. I'm so glad that you um, said that. I, I totally agree with you. And I think the other thing that it's, I think it's changing uh, or it's helping us look at all of those relationships differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the relationships if for companies that have staff and now they're working remotely. And, and just I think we've all had an opportunity to take a breath and say, OK, we may not all be experiencing this the same way, but this is happening to everybody. That's right. So, totally. Right? Yeah. So we're a lot more totally. accepting, I, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have um, some more questions for you. OK, great. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Uh, I mentioned at the start of this episode that I've, I'm hoping you all know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, but I don't know if you know about all the other content they have, like podcasts and Audible Originals, guided meditations, and just so much more. And the cool thing is, you can get all that content in one place so you don't have to switch platforms or switch programs to get what it is that you're looking for. So uh, we are providing you with a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com businessgrowth, sign up and explore. Go check it all out. I think you're going to love it um, like I do. I will say that given how things have been the guided meditations are you know pretty awesome to to have right there at my fingertips so uh go on over get your trial see what you think today we're speaking with carissa reiniger about how to keep selling in the midst of the pandemic so we're going through all of this and things are uncertain and on and on and on what about setting sales goals in a time like this yeah so again it's complicated but i think it's more important than ever um one of the things i think goals are often very misunderstood and one of the things that you know we teach and that i try to certainly you know use in our own business is that goals have a couple of purposes right number one they certainly give us sort of our, you know, our aspirations, right? What are we going to fight towards? Where are we going to get to? You know, where, how are we going to accomplish? So it, it moves us into action and it sort of drives us forward. The other really important part of goals as a business owner, when you're talking about financial goals, is that it then provides sort of a budget we have to budget against. It provides sort of a reality check of, you know, what we can invest in and what will be true for our business, you know, if, if we do or do not hit those goals. And so one of the things that we've seen a lot of business owners do in the midst of the pandemic is just sort of throw their hands up and say, well, I don't know, you know, I can't set goals. I can't do anything. Um, and we've been pushing back pretty heavily on that idea because we can set goals. We can say, okay, this has all changed, right? What we know for sure is that this is the impact COVID's had on our customers. This is the reality of our industry. You know, this is the trends that we started to see in our sales, right? Up, down, and around over the last two or three or four or six or seven months. Um, you know, this is what we know to be true. And anytime you set a goal, right? There's a little bit of guesswork in it. There's, you know, goals are, are not necessarily a science, right? I might say that I wanna lose 30 pounds from six months from now. Well, that doesn't mean that I know exactly how many pounds I'm gonna lose every single day between now and six months from now but I'm setting a goal. I'm saying, this is how I want to get there. Now, every goal needs to be somewhere between, you know, sort of aggressive and realistic. You know, it's got to be aggressive enough that it motivates us and challenges us. It's got to be realistic enough that we can actually hit it. So what I don't support is people setting ridiculous goals, right? There's no point setting a goal that you're obviously not going to hit. What we need to do in this moment where cash flow may be tighter, you know, things feel harder, is we need to get really honest. What is the reality of the goals that we can accomplish, you know, in the next six months? And, and I do think that sort of setting a 12 month goal is still really important, but because the world is so weird right now, 
uh, breaking that 12 month goal into quarterly goals and having very clear quarterly goals um, that sort of break into that annual goal, I think is really important. There's a, there's a pace that the world is moving at right now that is really fast. Um, and so a one year goal is, is still important as sort of like a North star, but it's just way too far away for the sort of the pace of change right now. So I'm a believer in having your one year goal, you know, and then being really clear in the next quarter, What's the progress I can make towards that one-year goal? And, and then again, being incredibly realistic, you know, what's still selling for, you know, in your business, how many units of those sales do you think you can make? What's the, what's the price point of each of those items? And so, you know, what does that add up to in terms of revenue you can expect? How many sales do you have to make? You know, do you have an exact action plan for how to make those sales? And then realistically, if that's the revenue you're going to bring in, what do you have to adjust on the expense side? Um, you know, when we made the pay what you can decision, I was pretty clear. Again, I had to guess, but I was pretty clear, right? I would see a pretty dramatic decrease in our revenue, which, you know, has in fact been the case. Um, and so I had to get very clear, very quickly, right? That, okay, here's my goals for the next, you know, three months. Here's my quarter. Here's the reality of the revenue I think we are going to bring in, and, and I now need to run my business accordingly. So I need to figure out how to protect my staff as much as humanly possible and, you know, manage the cash flow reality of this. So even if your business is going to have to be smaller, even if your revenue is going to go down, you know, in my case, our revenue has gone down, but that's made it even more critical that we have a very clear sales goal, a very clear financial goal that we're working towards. Um, and then that reality, you know, the truth always sets us free, I say. So that reality then gives me the insights I need to know to figure out, okay, do I have to add you know, subsidies? Do I have to sort of find other income, right? Whether that's a loan or, you know, a sponsorship, you know, what, what can I do to add revenue if I need to outside of the kind of core business? Um, and also, right, how do I manage my expenses accordingly? So, you know, again, I, one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is just, you know, throwing their hands in the air and saying, it's impossible. How could I set a goal right now? I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> um, and I just think, no, no, guys, the, it's the, opposite like this is it's more important it's more crucial it's and and again when everything feels so unsure the yeah. only chance we have of getting through this is to ground ourselves in what we do feel like we've got control over and so you know the world is wonky small businesses are in crisis but i do have control over how myself and my team act and the number of sales we try to generate and you know the reality of what we think the average small business will be able to pay through pay what you can like I do still have agency. I do still have control. There are still millions of small businesses in the world, many of whom need us, you know, more now than they did six months ago. And so there's opportunity for us and we have to set goals in order to sort of ground ourselves in the activities uh, that are the most important to get us through this hard time. So, you know, if you're a business owner who's been impacted, you know, I hope you hear this. It just is one of the most important things I can say you've got a cycle more important. It's always important. It's always crucial, but more important today than ever. Yeah. Boy, no kidding. And what if they're a business owner who hates sales? <laughs> yeah. like, like almost every single yes, right, exactly. of all time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every user, like, no yeah, well, you should probably not be a business owner. Um, <laughs> So I'll say two things about that. Years ago, probably like 12 years ago, I had someone say to me, Krista, like, you are a really good salesperson. And I was mortally offended. I thought, oh my God, like, no, you're no, I like I literally said, no, I'm not. And they were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I am not a salesperson. Like, I, no. And and this person laughed at me and they said, Krista, you're literally selling all the time. And I said, okay, but I actually don't think of it that way. I genuinely yeah. don't. Because if I thought of it as sales, if I thought of myself as a salesperson, I don't think I'd want to do it. What yeah. I, what I, what is true for me is that I really believe in what we do. I, I genuinely believe that it works. I genuinely believe it helps people. Um, I am ridiculously passionate about small businesses. Like I just think any human being that is brave enough to start their own business 
deserves to make money doing what they love uh, and deserves to sort of have, you know, the science of behavior change science at their disposal to help them hit their goals and that small businesses should be profitable and sustainable, you know, and that every small business that succeeds is an act of justice. Like I just, I'm so genuinely in on small business. Um, and so I am all the time, right? Seeing small business owners, advocating for them, you know, letting them know if SOP will help them, building partnerships. Like, but it's, I, I honestly don't think of it as sales. I think of it as connecting with people and putting together sort of mutually beneficial relationships. You know, yes, silver lining wins because we get to grow our business. And yes, I do believe our customer wins because I think what we do is helpful and I think our pricing is really fair and I think it helps. And so, and so I think that that's part of it. Like I have never in all of my life, I've generated, you know, tens of millions of dollars in revenue. I've never in my life thought I was in a sales meeting. I've always thought that I was in meetings with people that I really admired or people that I really liked or people that I could help or people that who could help me, you know, just putting deals together, putting, you know, coming together with interesting people to, you know, try to help each other. Um, and I think that, you know, the, oftentimes the best salespeople, I believe, uh, just genuinely believe in what they're doing and, and really want to make things happen, not for the sales quota, but for the impact and for, you know, the way that things can happen. Um, and so I'm in that category. So I would just say, you know, I've never met a business owner that doesn't care about what they do, that doesn't believe in it. Um, and I just think if we could stop if we could stop saying, oh my God, I'm selling, that's so annoying. And we could instead say, I'm going to help people. Like I've got right. my, I've got my what, I've got my who, and I want to connect with as many people as possible so that as many of my who's as possible can get what I have because I, I created it because I believe it's what they need. And I right. believe I'm solving a problem for them. Um, and so to me, and in fact, it's inside of the silver lining software, we actually don't use the words marketing or sales. We, we replace both marketing and sales with connecting because um, if you're just connecting with people all the time, having honest conversations about what they need and what you do and what you need and what they do, um, then it's beautiful. Then you, then you meet amazing people, you build wonderful relationships, you make things happen. Um, and that's great. I mean, that's awesome. That's, that's a fun and fulfilling life. So, uh, so I am so uh, like a million times with you. Um, and, and I'm just so grateful to hear that uh, from someone else. And, and it really is about mindset. Like we get to decide, am I going to proceed looking for sales or am I going to proceed looking to learn about people or businesses, see if there's a way that I can help them, whatever that looks like. And it really changes the way people show up. Hugely, massively. It also takes, you know, I think people get into this like pressure mode. It's like, you know, it's yeah. like making a presentation, right? I've got to do a sales call. Well, no, have a conversation. Um, mm -hmm. My staff always laugh at me because, you know, I'll get on a call and by the end of it, me and the person are friends almost all the time. And but it's not because I'm trying to sell. I'm not being calculated. Right. I genuinely right. want to know about them. I want to ask questions about them. And, you know, most of the time I spend very, very little time, you know, talking about the features of slap, you know, yeah. I spend almost all my time wanting to understand the realities of the person across from me. And, and as I get to know them, I can say to them, I actually think this will really help you. Or, you know what? I actually don't think this will help you, but I, you know, I've exactly. got someone that I know that could help you. And so, you know, every human is, you know, is interesting and you can learn from them. And, and I think if we just show up and have um, interesting conversations, um, I mean, how much better is that? Honestly, no doubt. No doubt. I am completely with you. I even uh, wrote a book called succeed without selling. The more oh, you I think love about that. sales, <laughs> yeah. the more you think about sales, the less you'll sell. Totally. Because, right? Totally. Totally. Your head is in the wrong place. So I, I'm, totally. I'm with you. Yeah. A million percent. Okay. What does it mean to keep selling? Having, you know, that we just had this conversation, so share. What does that mean? Yeah. So keep selling is sort of a mantra that I came up with in early March where um, 
and really it started as a personal mantra and now it's sort of a team mantra, which is that, you know, I think for a minute, we took the pedal off the metal as business owners. We sort of thought, you know, in whatever country we lived in, we sort of thought, okay, well, government subsidy will come and everything's being shut down and I'm just going to wait it out. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll get a good loan and maybe that's how I'll get through it. And, you know, before COVID, for, for as long as I've been in business, you know, I've always advocated that there's no better source of income for a small business than revenue, right? You know, revenue yeah. is better than debt. Revenue is better than selling equity. Like revenue is the best source of capital. So if you need an investment of capital, try to sell something. I mean, that is, that is always the best source of capital injection. Um, so we've always lived by this idea that, you know, revenue is the best form of capital for a small business. Um, and I've funded Silver Linings Growth. You know, we're probably one of the only software companies on the planet that didn't take VC money. We've funded our growth through revenue. Um, and when COVID hit, I started to realize, I and mean, we started to talk to our businesses a lot about the fact like, no, 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 no. Don't just think that you're gonna get a loan. Don't just think you're gonna get a grant and you know, you can sort of throw your hands up and hope and pray that everything gets better you've got to keep selling. And that it might mean you sell one thing where you used to sell a hundred in a month, but then take that one sell. Like you've got to keep selling. We've got to keep revenue going. Um, and so it's really based on this idea that for a business owner to survive, you know, something as tumultuous as this, yes, of course, go, you know, if you can get access to reasonable um, debt that has reasonable terms, if you can get grants, of course do that. But don't do that without still focusing on sales. Keep generating revenue. Every dollar matters at this point. And you don't want to take any of sort of like the, you know, the pressure off of yourself. And so in a, in a sort of other version of getting to that, um, my, one of my personal mantras in life is how not if that, um, you know, I think that there's one of two ways to respond to a problem, you know, problems are going to happen. There's no version of life where you live a life without problems. So my theory is that successful people handle problems differently than unsuccessful people. And my belief is that successful people see a problem and say, oh, interesting, a problem. <laughs> How do I solve this? How do I figure this out? How do I do this? And then with, with some level of ration, right, we tackle that problem and we solve it and, and we move on, quite frankly. Um, if people, right, the, the people who I think are unsuccessful see a problem and go into panic, oh my God, I don't know if I'll figure this out. Oh my God, what if I can't figure this out? And, and all and, these and all ifs start happening. Um, and the second you go into if mode, you get stuck. You get into anxiety, you get into despair, you get into victimhood, you get stuck. As long as you stay in how, you can solve any problem because you just see a new problem. And maybe, yes, you might get tired because you know certainly in 2020, there's been many problems to solve. I'm getting sick of asking <laughs> how in 2020. Um, but I would say that I've remained reasonably positive, reasonably happy, reasonably optimistic, despite very real you know, um, realities for our business. And I don't think it's because I'm naturally happier. I think it's because I'm asking how, okay, there's a new problem. How do we solve that? Okay, there's a new problem. How do we solve that? And I think keeping selling, right? Keep selling. I think that is yeah. a how mindset. Yes, there's a pandemic. Okay, how am I going to keep selling? <laughs> yes, my customers are in trouble. Okay, how do we keep selling? Yes, you know, no one's buying my stuff anymore. Yes, my store is shut down. Yes, the government is crazy. Yes, I'm out of my loan. Yes, I can't get affordable capital. I get it. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Okay, and so, and now, how do we keep selling? How do we innovate yeah. in the right way? How do we keep going? How do we stay strong? How do we generate the next dollar of revenue? Um, and that's what keep selling is. And thank you. I love that. And, and as we're talking about it, I was thinking, you said something earlier too about stopping and starting and stopping and starting. And so many salespeople and small business owners do that just in, a, in the normal um, scope of things where they'll start, they'll start prospecting and selling, they'll be doing really well, then all of a sudden they'll stop. And yes. then the pipeline dries up and they go, okay, whoa, what? And so it's part of the reason why I love this keep selling. You have to keep these behaviors going because there's momentum attached to them. 
Totally. And you know, it's, it's funny, we, you know, going back to this earlier idea of how sort of we live in a culture where, you know, it's fast, it's big, it's, you know, exit, it's all these, it's all these false realities around business, you know, to the point that you just made, it, so many businesses are sort of sitting and hoping and praying for like yeah. a big magic moment, right? They're going to get the big deal. <laughs> They're going to have this big investor come save them. They're going to, you know, there's like this, there's this idea that there'll be this moment where something will come in and save them or something will come in and change their life. Um, that's not how this works, right? How this works for real is that, you know, it's sort of like the, the opposite of death by a thousand cuts, right? Instead of death by a thousand cuts, it's growth by a thousand small actions. And, yeah. you know, in my career, I have had some of those big wins, but I can assure you those big wins did not come at me, you know, randomly. They came after years of being rejected and years of having, you know, the same person that I, maybe I eventually got a deal done with saying no to me and pushing me off and pushing me back and saying no. And, and, you know, so yes, you can have some big wins in your life. I'm not saying that, but to sit and wait for one of them is right. where I think businesses go wrong. You want to be doing enough of the right actions every single day, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't see the point, even when you're not seeing results, even when you're not getting instant gratification, because eventually all of those actions do get you the win. Um, and, and along the way, they'll get you a bunch of little wins and all those little wins add up to revenue and all that revenue adds up to paying your bills and paying your staff and you know, <laughs> providing for your family. Um, and again, I just, I think people want this instant gratification yeah. and sort of these big wins, these, you know, these big things that will instantly make things better. And I, that's just not how this is going to go. You know, that's not how this goes usually and certainly not how this is going to go in the next 24 months. And so, um, you know, discipline and focus and staying in action and keeping on going even when you can't see the results, that is the behavior that will get us through this pandemic. Yes, definitely. And when you're in action, you can't be anxious. So it's also a good way to keep yourself from jumping out a window. So totally. Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying I've never worked so much for so little and, yeah. so, and been so like, okay with it in a weird yeah. way, you know, just yeah. so I, you know, I'm on a mission and that keeps me going. And, yeah. you know, I think that's another powerful piece of this. You know, if you really believe in what you do, um, then this is a blip. You know, this is not yeah. the end of the world. This is a blip. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's a much bigger picture here. And if you built something that you think is sustainable and that you want to be around for the long term, then, you know, pull your socks up and get to work because we can yeah. get through this and there's something on the other side. And, you know, 99.9999999% of the time, right, out of our biggest valleys come our biggest wins and our biggest learnings and our biggest successes. And so I keep saying to my staff, I cannot wait for what we're going to have happen after this because <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. So that must be something really good is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, um, <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh, Krista, I'm so glad that you um, joined me today to have this conversation. I really appreciate it. And I know the listeners appreciate it. And so will you tell them how they can get in touch with you and how they can find out about SLAP and <clears throat> everything? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for all of you guys who are listening, um, the open offer that we always give to every business owner is if you need anything, even if it's something we can't offer you, email us, call us. If you go to our website, there's a 1-800 number. There's an email address. Uh, real humans monitor those things and we will help you. You know, if that means connecting you to someone that we know, if that means doing whatever we can, uh, we really will help you. So that's the first thing I'll say. Um, if what we actually do could be helpful, our website is smallbizsilverlining.com. So smallbizsilverlining.com. Um, if you go to the if you go to the programs page, you can learn all about our SLAP program. And SLAP is essentially this very comprehensive program designed specifically for owner-operated small businesses. 
um, based in behavior change science that helps you get really good clarity about those financial goals we spoke about. And then once we help you build the 12-month plan, including your financial goals and your action plan to hit those financial goals, uh, we wrap an incredible amount of structure and strategy and support around you uh, to help you stay on track and actually follow that plan through and hit those goals. Um, so that, that is program is usually $300 a month, uh, but it is pay what you can. It is no strings attached. We really mean it. Uh, we have some people who have been hit really hard by you know, COVID who are literally paying $5 a month um, and that's it. You go to the website, you enter the amount you can pay and you automatically get regis registered, um, no strings attached. So um, it's totally on the honor system. We trust you, we believe in you, we know you'll do what you can. So that offer is available to everyone. Uh, and we, you know, we're doing it because we believe we'll get through this better together. And then if that's not what you need right now, uh, if you go to smallbizsilverlining.com forward slash resources, on that page, everything on that page is free. So there's business assessments, there's COVID response workbooks, there's a SLAP 101 workshop, um, there's um, a huge series we've done on mindset, on money, uh, and a series of other tools and resources. So, um, you know, email us or call us directly if you need something specific, sign up for SLAP, we'd love to help you, um, or go to that resources page and hopefully something on there can be helpful to you. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you. That really incredible. My uh, pleasure. Oh my gosh. And listeners, you know, you know, I always thank you. You're who we're doing this for. This was really valuable. Listen to it a couple of times. Remember how not if it's one of my favorite how not for if. This conversation, right? I just, I so love that. Uh, and I want to thank audible.com head on over to audibletrial.com slash business growth to get your free trial of audible.com and check out all of the incredible programming they have available for you. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.